for joining us again on the Mind Vector Podcast. If you're a returning listener and would like to support the podcast, hit those like and subscribe buttons and leave your thoughts in the comment section. So I was talking to my husband the other day and we were trying to find some kids books to read to the kids. And he found this one on, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of To Give a Mouse a Cookie. It's like a really, it's a really cute book. And it was like one of my favorite ones when I was a little girl. And it was, there was this like reviewer on there. He had had a fucking dissertation. I wish I could remember what it was. (laughs) It was like, he's like, I can't tell if he's trolling. I was like, no, this is not a troll. This is like, uh, he was very lefty. He was like putting all these things that he was seeing in the book. And it's just like a simple children's story with like a little little mouse that just wants a cookie and the little boy gives it to him and then he wants more but he was like applying all this politics and shit to it to like the the <laughs> like the greed <laughs> the greed of humanity is like i don't know he was just like interpreting it way 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 too deep what is the mouse like, like the, the proletariat or <laughs> and the guy with the yeah. cookie is the bourgeoisie <laughs> yeah he's like the the establishment and all this shit and I'm like no this guy is really smart but you can tell he doesn't get a chance to like talk about his shit with anybody. And it's like, smart people are the worst because they do not shut the fuck up. They just want to keep talking and flexing and talking and flexing. <laughs> and it was like a total fucking flex. I was like, this guy. This motherfucker. So what is this yeah. what is this children's book about? Hopefully we don't have any kids listening. This is not a podcast for kids, so no, it's not spoiling kid, it. No. <laughs> keep your earbuds in. Your kids don't need to be listening to this shit. Yeah, no, but the kids over. book, it's this the kid's book itself is really cute. It's just the little mouse c- comes out of the I don't know his little mouse hole, and then he sees a kid having a cookie, and he just wants a cookie, and he, the guy, the little kid, just gives him some, and then he's gonna want a glass of milk to go with it. So then he gives him the milk, and it just kind of it kind of builds up to where the mouse more and more and more, and they're they're just hanging out and doing stuff, and then it all winds back around to like the end of the day. They're like conked and then they have another cookie and then it ends with he's gonna want a glass of milk to go with it so it closes i mean it's just it's it's not it's not that deep <laughs> it's a kid's book i mean it sounds like an entitled mouse but <laughs> uh, well, you know, who can eat a cookie and not have a glass of milk that's the thing right it's like you gotta cleanse it you gotta get, get, get some moisture in there or you'll die but <laughs> the mouse chokes yeah. on the cookie. Yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> but it's like, well, he used it as a template to like impose his own view on, on ev- like all of society. The reviewer guy. <laughs> so, which is an easy thing to do with a little simple children's. Book. I don't. I, I don't mean, deny that. I guess <laughs> when you when you're thinking about getting the minds young. Like, mm-hmm. You have to think about the messages some of these stories have with them. So, mm-hmm. but I'm sure this guy was probably going off the deep end. It's like the kid doesn't care. The kid's just like, it was. I, I would just worry about if that if uh, the kid found a rat somewhere and starts feeding it because you're gonna have a rat problem. <laughs> <laughs> More of the story. Yeah, don't don't feed your rats. <laughs> don't feed the rats, dude. You gonna get yeah yeah. But. Other, yeah, I don't know. I guess you can make up all kinds of like a fantasy world and politicize the hell out of it. The rats living in bad conditions and all of that. Oh, I wish I could pull it up. 
Yeah, if you find oh, that, I'll send it to it. me later because I'm, I'm kind of interested in having a laugh on that comment. Yeah, some people oh. go off the deep end with their comments. I always try to keep my comments like, not too angry, but just truthful when it comes to reviewing products and places and stuff like that. I wouldn't say he was angry. He was just going on and on into real deep detail about shit that just was not there. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> Let's see if I can find it. But yeah, we've we've had our our experiences with dissertations. Yes. <laughs> shit was just not there. Oh, here it is. I found it. Goodreads.com. If you give a mouse a cookie, yeah. my inter- internet That's... wouldn't be so slow. <laughs> Yes, it's it's hard not to inject your, you know, project your own worldview into all these things, but, and and I don't think that's something we can ever really get rid of, because people, it all adds up, like, all your values and stuff like that, they, eventually, they make, they, they form what's your perspective, your way of seeing the world, so. Yeah, disguise was warped, so, okay, (laughs) here's the synopsis of the book, ready? If a hungry if a hungry little traveler shows up at your house, you might want to give him a cookie. If you give him a cookie, he's going to ask for a glass of milk. He'll want to look in a mirror to make sure he doesn't have a milk milk mustache, and then he'll ask for a pair of scissors to give himself a trim. The consequences of giving a cookie to this energetic mouse run the young host ragged, but young readers will come away smiling at the antics that tumble like dominoes through the pages of this delightful picture book. So this dude, oh. <laughs> it's long. <laughs> was that, what was that? Just like the, this the was the description. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's the, just the book description, like oh, the okay. little synopsis of what the book is. Oh, okay. that, that was not the guy. Uh, I was going to say, cause that doesn't sound too bad. Okay. No, no, no. This guy. Oh, let me expand it. Cause it's like 10 paragraphs. I'll just read a little bit. 10 paragraphs on a, that's probably longer than the children's book. It's long. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to More get text. Your, More text know, for sure. Your kids indoctrinated by the right wing. I'll tell you to work hard and you should keep your own money. <laughs> Judge a person by their character. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So he says If you give a mouse a cookie, is the story of the perversity of desire, and more particularly the stunted pleasures of the bourgeois. Bourgeois? I told you. I told you. Did I say that earlier? You guys are fucking Marxists. I told you. I don't know that fucking word. (laughs) Okay, so you guys have (laughs) like, uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Great minds think alike, maybe. (laughs) Okay, so written by the exquisite Laura Numeroff. Don't know who that is, but okay. But that's the author. And what can only be assumed was a violent passion for sterile aloofness from the society, which she condemned, and a lust for concision which would socialize her treatsy against the deadening wants, making it accessible to the masses. I can imagine her, unbathed, ignorant of her own hunger and thirst, cutting every insignificant word in a flabberdian, flabberdian frenzy for Le Monde whatever the fuck that means. <laughs> <laughs> the titular, t- titular mouse, I guess a main character, is a scathing manifestation of ruling yet tirelessly servile middle class. His small figure manifests the smallness of our self-worth and the relative largesse, 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 however you can say that. Got a lot of French terminology in here. Of our smallest desires. Every visible aspect of the overall clad hero harkens us to the plight of the middle class in the late 20th century. 
the mouse, like man, is easily won over to new needs, endlessly trying to fill a the vacancy of his own heart, deadened by the loss of illusion, by the evaporation of virtue, and the brutal ennui of routine. So, yeah, it's long. Jeez. But he's like, phew. <laughs> Uh, this guy could have made like some fan fiction, but I, I totally called it like, and I, I hate to play thought police, but you can tell uh, when you're hearing a Marxist, the second you hear privilege, uh-huh. equality, well, definitely if you start hearing proletarian and the bourgeoisie and all the other stuff like that, you can tell. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you try to give people a chance. Uh, Here's another little synopsis: the godless landscape of. If you give a mouse a cookie, is one marked by a total secularization of morality and gratification. Is this the same guy? Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. This is a little ways down from the first paragraph. The parallels to our own secular society in which we are diminished to figurative animals, beasts of pure will driven in the vain effort for satiety of our animalistic desires. Instead of a god... The world within the story is governed by a maternalistic hand, more reminiscent of neo-Marxian doctrine of entitlement that is what, that it is to the classical Judeo-Christian role of centuries past. Instead of being ruled by virtue or protect our or protagonist, I think he means our. Our protagonist is ruled by the ever-demanding want of his body: cookies, milk, soft bedding, but no time for self-reflection. No orison, nor even secular gratitude is shared by our profane hero. We compare the mouse's struggle for want to the Defoe's struggle for need in Robinson Crusoe. Okay. And we are dismayed at the descent from virtue of our present day society in which our vices and excess have supplanted our virtues and reservations. I mean, he's not wrong. <laughs> I mean, yeah, but it's we're, a children's we're, book. <laughs> it's a children's book. It, it and is, you know, but, these, these kinds of wants and desires are normal little kids. Yeah, like, like it, it kind of breeds room it. for, it, like, this way of thinking. And this is something that I see, like, with the more like techie leftists. They mm-hmm. have this uh, this idea of transcending the body. Like, mm-hmm. they want us to just be like AIs and stuff. Like, they think that we, we just have so much weakness in us as humans, which is true, but that's not something that you need to hate about yourself. Right. It's just something that you have species to, you just, will work through. Yeah, well, you have to work with it. You have to work with it. Like, what, it what was it? Uh, I think it was our guy, Ellen Watts. Uh, he said you have to feed the bad wolf and the good wolf, right? Yeah. Have you heard that one yet? Yeah. yeah. That's kind of a, a good metaphor for... Uh, it's, it's a good way to kind of... Like, for me, I recently read uh the the Tao Te Ching which mm-hmm. is I guess loose, loosely equivalent to the the Bible for Christianity but this is for Taoism Taoism mm-hmm. however you want to pronounce it like the debate on how it's uh, Taoism Taoism same thing mm-hmm. but I read that and that's one of those things that I can't really I can't get it out of my head because it's, it's really interesting but the mm-hmm. origin of it has a ton of stuff missing from it like they don't know if Lao Tzu actually existed what this book was supposed to be because I think the story is supposed to be that it, it was just found somewhere like it was just found and then some scholars took it and started to analyze it and make a religion out of it Ooh. but I, I wanted to actually start looking more into that just to figure out like 
what their community organizations look like. Like, what's the equivalent of their churches? Because, you know, we were talking about this in the last episode, that these things are like social functions. You know, and, you know, basically a church is kind of like a club for old people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you dress up and you listen to music, you wiggle a little. So <laughs> from the from the waist up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I wonder what it's like for Taoists, the people that actually have those values. My religion professor, when I was in college, he identified as a, a Taoist. He was a pretty funny dude. Hmm. I remember listening to him just kind of caricaturize the religions and stuff. It was, it was fun. I, I liked it a lot. Some people got offended because they were invested in the ideology. Mm-hmm. So he didn't like when he would make light of Christianity. Like, <laughs> when we got to Mormonism, that was the funniest part because he started explaining the history of, uh, what was the guy's name? Uh, John. Well, in, in Mormonism, basically the story is that there was a dude named John, I forget his last name. Uh, mm-hmm. An angel. The, Mormon, the founder? Yeah, the founder. Uh-huh. He basically got these golden tablets that had, like, new commandments on them from an angel. Uh, Joseph and, Smith. Yeah, that was a Joseph Smith. That was uh-huh. real. John Smith. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to say Smith, John Smith. I'm like, that's not right. Joseph but, uh, Smith. Yeah, Joseph Smith. So he found these tablets, and basically something happened where the tablets got lost, and he had to come back and get the tablets again and the guy who was helping him decipher them they just had to do it again and that's the story south park did an episode kind of parodying the whole thing Mm -hmm. and after our teacher ended up explaining the origin of it this kid from the back of the class just yells out so south park was right (laughs) (laughs) and it's like south park was right yeah there's a lot of factual shit in there that they make fun of crazy there's actually a really big well i don't know how big exactly what the number is but there's a big community of um on reddit of ex-mormons i think it's called ex-mormon but yeah it's (laughs) really a a marvel (laughs) (laughs) yeah they like they leave the church and that's one of those religions that they're really tight-knit community to the point that there are like people who leave are just completely lost because the people who are still in it they stop talking to them like they are excommunicated i guess like but they leave on their own and they just they can't be there yeah they're they're kicked out they they don't they don't speak to them and and it's pretty it's weird i don't know yeah it's like a cult like a cult (laughs) it's It's very culty when it comes to those like old school religions that try to keep everything they basically don't want to deal with having a new way of thinking infiltrate mm-hmm. their community because that's where the that's where the devil lurks is in the novelty the unknown so mm-hmm. they do whatever they can just to kind of shut that out the amish do something similar to i forget what it's called but when you turn like 16 or so yeah the amish the amish. Mm-hmm. you have an option to leave for like a weekend or something like that and if you uh-huh. want to you can come back but if you come back Which... you can't go out again and yep if you decide mm-hmm. to leave you can't go back the Mormons have a, uh, what is it called? They send their kids off on missions. And I think it's like a two-year uh, endeavor. And they, they act, it's, it's, they, it's an intentional thing that they send their kid out into the world. But presumably they will have already taught them everything they need to know up to that point. And then they have to go and spread the word. So they're on a mission. 
And then, uh, but during this time, they don't talk, they, they're not allowed access to any forms of communication aside from writing letters. And I think they get to go home on the holiday, some of them. It depends on where they go. They, get, they don't get to choose where they go either, but they can go like into, they can either stay in uh, within the US, like they go to a different state, or they send them to like a Mexico or like other Latin American countries. And um, yeah, it's like a two year long thing. It's a big deal. Hmm. But they come back. And then after that, I, I don't know what happens, but it's an intentional thing. Yeah. But there are people who have who've gone through this and they have like lived through their whole lives with this and they 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 just end up just forsaking it altogether. And so they leave all the, all their friends behind and and everything and I mean I guess they could come back. They would be accepted, but it's like they're just lost, you know, because it's such it's such an all-encompassing religion that they they just they don't know what to do with themselves and they're they're they kind of lose their their guidance a bit so which mormons all the mormons i've met are really nice they're like some of the nicest people and they're like really wholesome and just well-rounded and on the surface there's like nothing negative to really say about it but when you start digging into a little bit more of the religion that's where it gets kind of weird and it's like where is this going where is this ultimately what are you doing (laughs) (laughs) i don't know any mormons um i only know like i guess the I don't want to say the origin story. It makes it sound like a comic book, but I just know a little bit about the origin story for them. Like at face value, it's very Christian-y. And they say that it's, I mean, the Church of Latter-day Saints. Uh, the, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, LDS. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not, uh, what do you say? It's kind of like a front. Like, because was- once, there are parts of, the, like they they have temple and they have, uh, reunions that are just for adults that kids are not allowed into. There's like tears to it, kind of like Scientology. <laughs> but so when they're doing those, and there's a lot, lot there's lots of videos on Exmoor and people who've been in it, and then it just gets weird. It just gets really fucking weird. Hmm. So what's this? I always hear that they wear these weird underwear. What's the story behind that with Mormons? So it's basically, I think it's supposed to be like a protection for them they're supposed to wear special underwear and like chest have... belts or something no it's just white it's just white cloth and the re- the the assemblies themselves are just really culty and like they stand in they have these rituals where they have to reach into like a veil and and they have like secret handshakes and uh, it's just it's just really strange and yeah there's not they have like a secret name that the I don't know what the the head person in charge is really actually called, but they they are given a name, like a biblical name, that mm-hmm. they're not supposed to tell anybody. That's like their secret name. And there's like there's a guy, yeah, there's a guy on You're YouTube. You're like that, a spy novel about this from the sounds of it. <laughs> code, code name Ezekiel. Or... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a biblical name that they get, and they're not supposed to tell it to anybody. And um um, there's just all kind of really uh, obscure thing, things that go on in there, and then that that it's so it's so detached from what the kids learn, as opposed to what the adults are, are into, that it kind of I don't know I guess it kind of just wakes them up like what is this this is not this is not what <laughs> what the what the Bible teaches I mean I don't know yeah but 
it's it's part of growing up. It's interesting though. I don't I don't know any Mormons. Uh, I know a couple of Jehovah Witnesses. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly how many differences there are between those two religions because they aren't like smaller Abrahamic religions that are in the West. I don't know the origin of Jehovah's Witness. I thought with Mormons they were supposed to be like a new saints that were going to spread the word of Jesus to the Native Americans because I, mm. I know they had some tie because you had all these people in this new land that had never heard of Jesus so they had to go out and you know spread the gospel so hmm. when it comes to Jehovah's Witnesses I, I know a couple um one I went to middle school with he was a friend of mine um <laughs> I know that they have this thing that they believe only like either 44,000 or 440,000 of them are gonna get into heaven so mm-hmm. that's to me that's you know it's kind of like yikes I, mm-hmm. I joked with him and I asked him if that was true. He's like, yeah, that's true. And I said, oh, you feeling lucky? <laughs> so, <laughs> out of 7 billion people, that's some scary odds. I don't know what they believe happens uh-huh. to the rest of the souls, though. <laughs> just the top ones make it. You don't make the cut. You're done. Yeah. It's you just vanish into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, according, uh, this is from Wikipedia. It says, according to Mormon scripture, the Earth's creation was not out of nothing, but organized from existing matter. The Earth is just one of many inhabited worlds, and there are many governing heavenly bodies, including the planet or star, Kolob, which is said to be the nearest throne of God. So there's a lot of, like, cosmology and stuff in, that ties into it. That's pretty um, cool. In, into it. I so mean, you can go off the deep end with that, but it's, uh, it's yeah. cool in the novelty sense, because you don't see too many uh, Western religions that speak about the possibility of aliens and all that. Uh huh. There's like, um, what do you call it? So they believe that if you, um, if you attain salvation or whatever, you get to have like your own planet to rule over. So everyone gets to be like a mini god in, I guess, the afterlife or whatever. Yeah. So there's a lot of. That's a that's a theme that's touched on and. We were talking about that in another episode about rebirth and the story of the egg. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to go ahead and spoil it for those who haven't read the short story. But basically this guy, he dies in a car wreck and he's above the earth and he meets with someone. And this person is like, yeah, you're dead now. And he's like, oh, I'm dead. What, what about my family? And he's like, oh, I love to see that type of thing where people are concerned about others the second they're gone. No regard for themselves. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, so who are you? Are you are you God? And he's like, uh, kinda. He's like, you can call me that. And he starts say, saying, well, what about my uh, family? He's like, yeah, they'll be okay. Your wife was thinking about divorcing you, so she's going to be kind of feeling guilty that... <laughs> that you died. <laughs> she's, no, she's going to be feeling guilty because she's kind of relieved now. <laughs> uh. So she gets to save face and everything. But basically, this figure ends up explaining to the guy, he's like, oh, I'm actually you. And he's like, wait, you're me? I'm like, yeah, you and then he also explains to him that everybody else on earth is him as well and basically the story explains that for life we're all the same entity just divided by perspective and that's kind of a similarity to how hindus uh, view their process of achieving salvation which is called uh i'm gonna butcher the pronunciation moksha 
which mm. is uh, liberation when you re- reunite with the supreme, the supreme Brahman, the basically God. So the little piece of you that is God ends up returning to the source. Mm. So that's uh, a similarity there. And I know um, when it comes to aliens to uh, Buddhism, they make space for it in the way they're the way of comprehending the universe is because you can get reborn. So if you're still in the system, you could get born somewhere else. Like, I don't know, like let's say there is some planet that has life that we just haven't found yet. Then there's a possibility you could be born over there, but it's also a possibility too, that that, uh, you know, a high possibility that that life isn't as advanced as we are. So you could just be like a slug on <laughs> another rock flying around another star. <laughs> well, yeah, and if like if you don't know anything about any of any religion, it's like where it's I mean that is a question on everybody's mind at some point. It's like where do we go when we die? And if you know anything about physics, it's like matter doesn't just go into nothing. You know, it, it always um what is that law? That it can't be created or destroyed. It just changes yeah. form. Energy, yeah, energy can't be neither created nor destroyed. Yeah, and when, so what think- happens there? I'm no physicist, but yeah, I think that that's supposed to be how they explain, how they relate that science to religion, because Mm -hmm. the idea is that there is no matter, it's all just fundamental energy, and I think that's what the God particle was supposed to be when they, when there was that huge discovery about that, they figured out the process that converts the energy into a a solidified state, which becomes matter, so all of that ends up creating the world that we live in so that's crazy that's okay. it's, it's an interesting interesting world we live in like and who knows how oh. the hell any of it works because it's like we, we find out all this stuff about ourselves genes and you know i was i was talking about that in the last episodes how we're not our thoughts because in buddhism they believe that we are aggregates of senses basically Mm. And you're not supposed to identify with anything because all of these things can leave you. When you say you're not your thoughts, to most people that seems kind of weird. It's like, well, then who the hell am I? It's like, well, if you have somebody that suffers from long-term amnesia, are they still the same person? Is your grandmother with Alzheimer's or dementia, is she still her? Yeah, or even like brain injuries. People that, I mean, their brains are, they're just never the same. Yeah. Then they, I mean, you become something else. You become like somebody else. Yeah, you know, you have no, if you have, if you stripped away your memories, um, mm-hmm. it's interesting how much of your personality will probably go with it. It could be really relieving or really bad, depending. I think it's in, uh, what is it, metaphysics and uh, philosophy? philosophy. Uh huh. That it's like, there's this like one big question. It's like, if you had no senses, you know, you can't see or hear or touch or taste or anything, what would you know? If you had so you're no like senses, stripping. If what you're you stripping know? the senses, yeah, if you don't have any ability to, 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 to sense the world around you, then what would you know? I think therefore I am. <laughs> <laughs> that would be the, the But the how first would you axiom, know that you're there without touching the world, without experiencing the world? And what are you what are you doing? What is well, it? I guess that's the, that's kind of the next question is because I consider thinking the sixth sense, like consciousness, because you're still kind of making sense <laughs> it's kind of a pun you're making uh-huh. sense of all the other sensory input that you're getting so but you're you... not getting any so you can't think in either. that scenario well it, i mean your thoughts come from it's feedback it all it all feeds back 
Well, at that point, you would just be a you'll be a tree if you don't have any. <laughs> if you're alive and you don't have any thought, you're like just no a higher blob of yeah. protoplasm. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just, just be like energy. a microbe or something. So. So yeah, that's some just some food for thought. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of the weird and the out there, do you believe in aliens? I don't think that they've made it to Earth, but I'm open minded. I like hearing about the paranormal stories and ghost stories that people have. I don't have you ever watched the History Channel when they do like series on aliens, <laughs> like all the ancient civilizations and all the different clues? And I mean, I, just I, I way... used to when I was younger. I tried to watch it now, and I'm like, man, what the hell was? <laughs> like, <laughs> how did I watch this? <laughs> but it, it's fun if you have enough weed, you know. It's <laughs> entertaining. But it's like we have evidence of like all these ancient, like perfectly constructed structures in all these different cultures thousands of miles across the world in, in different timelines and I mean there's like repeating motifs of strange of structures and practices structures and like aliens and like it looks like a fucking alien and just the way that, that their rocks and stuff are so perfectly you know formed together like what, what do you call it nesting to, to the point that you, they didn't need any, like, concrete or mortar or anything like that to keep it together. It was all, like, carved. And when they try to reproduce it, there's, like, it doesn't even compare to the level of precision without some, like, extreme modern technology. So how did they build it? Anyway, my dad sent me a video yesterday. And <laughs> you guys are thinking about it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Damn. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I think that, I've heard before that we always like to think that people were dumber than we are now. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't say much about us now. But <laughs> people used to have this idea that the previous generations were dumber. And that's not really true. Uh, like, I think evolutionary psychologists have said that that's not true, that they have about the same cognitive capacities that we have now. Mm-hmm. So... It's just, what did you figure out? Who figured out what? So you could probably do some amazing stuff with stone if you're given enough time. Because it's not like you're going to go watch YouTube back then. or Right? It's like they didn't about, have very uh, much to do. <laughs> is, this the, uh, <laughs> is this the bush for him, her, or Zer? <laughs> <laughs> so there was all the stuff you could do. Like Even like when it came to navigation, they used the stars and stuff like that a lot. Now we don't really see the stars if... We're in the wrong parts of the planet just because mm-hmm. light and everything like that. But I, I don't know. I, I, I used to be super into aliens when I was younger. When I was in fourth grade, I used to read a lot about aliens. Um, I like. Yeah, I was fucking scared of aliens. I was afraid of them too. It's, it's a shame there's yeah. no really scary alien movies out there. Signs is still probably my favorite alien movie. Uh-huh. That's kind of a suspense, uh, spooky one. Hell yeah, that's one of my favorite ones. So uh, when the fourth, me. when what is it? The fourth kind? I haven't seen that You're one. Right? I've heard of it though. Yeah, it's it's a few years old. It's like at least seven or eight years old, I think. Dog, when that came out, <laughs> I was having I could not sleep. <laughs> but yeah, that's have like you, one of my my main have my you one and only arrival? main. Uh, maybe it was the arrival. What was that one about? Who was in that? That that one was really dry. It's um, I don't remember any. I don't remember any of the actors' names. I'm not good with names. Um, 
It sounds familiar. I'm pretty sure I've seen it. The Arrival was about these squid-like aliens or octopus-like aliens. They had all these uh, extremities. (gasps) Oh, with that white chick? The blue-eyed girl? Was she she the one from Superman? I haven't seen Superman either. Yeah, Uh, I think that was the one. I, I didn't see that one, though. I think Jason saw it. But they're speaking in this language and they're trying to decipher the language as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. And they speak in circles because they are they exist in a way where they can comprehend time forward and backwards. Mm-hmm. So that's why they communicate things in circles because it's like if things played out this way, then all of these reality forks and like that happen. So huh. basically, the aliens are invading to warn us about something. Oh, uh, spoiler alert! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. so it's, yeah, it's been out a while. So, yeah, it's huh. been out a while. If you haven't seen it, then um, you're probably not going to see it. Yeah. Crazy. I'd like to see the Marxists read into that one. <laughs> <laughs> Your God. Yeah. The aliens, I, I don't know who they're going to represent. What's another good movie? Did you ever see Interstellar? Yeah, Interstellar was cool. That was so good. The end was brain-breaking. But it's uh-huh. it good. So, yeah, aliens, uh, speaking of religions, too. Because I know in ancient aliens, they like to tie in religion when it comes to aliens too. Like when mm-hmm. when I was younger I used to read a little bit about angelology, which is like the study of angels. So they would talk about basically just like theologian scholar debates and stuff like that. Because um, there's parts in the Bible where they describe how different choirs of angels look. So they have different ranks of angels. Like, the most common one that people know about is the seraphim, which are supposed to be the four angels that are closest to God's throne. Mm. And they have different different uh, heads, I believe. And some people say that those are the four archangels, which the, the highest-ranking angels were supposed to be Michael, Raphael, Gabriel. Um, I feel like there was a fourth. Did I name four? Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and... Wasn't it Lucifer? <laughs> no, uh, he he quit his job. Oh yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, so his his replacement. <laughs> his replacement. That's another interesting thing too. Like when they talk about the rebellion that happened in heaven, apparently it was one third of heaven that decided to side with uh, the devil when he left heaven, basically. So, and I've heard different accounts of what. They say that the reason was supposed to be. Well, I've heard somebody say that it was supposed to be because the angels were supposed to bow to God's new creation, which was man. Mm, and yeah. And they said that they didn't want to bow to them, so uh, some of the angels thought it was bullshit and they left. And yeah, Lucifer was not down with that. Yeah, a lot of leftists like it though. Like I, I, mm-hmm. I, t- I totally see why Christians say that right now we have a spiritual battle happening. Because when I started off, I wasn't into politics, and I, I don't keep up that much with all the day-to-day stuff, because it's, uh-huh. it's like trying to keep everything, keep your mind plugged into the entire fucking planet, which is impossible. It's uh-huh. like, well, sometimes I just want to play Older Scrolls Online or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, the left-right divide happens in different aspects of life, even though it's not limited to politics. I spoke about it before when it comes to people that are into the occult, they have left-hand magic and right-hand magic. And mm. Like for Latinos, they basically would call right-hand magic. It would be closer to white magic because uh, I have a lot of Mexican friends. 
and their old grandmothers and stuff tell them all these wives tales and <laughs> they're into that stuff. So mm. basically they that would be the akin to it and the left hand path is it's different. It's it's associated with the devil and stuff like that. Some some like Christian right wingers that's one of the reasons why they don't like Hillary Clinton is because she gave props to some Arthur that's supposed to be like a they make a reference to Satan. They call him like the original rebel, the original revolutionary. Mm-hmm. So that's another like buzzword if you're trying to figure out who's a Marxist if they start talking about revolutions and stuff like that, which is basically their code word for violence. They get entitled and they're like, "Oh, it's time to kill people because we can't figure this out." So, wasn't it that artist that did? What's his name? John Podesta had like artwork of in his house. They had a bunch of like satan. Uh, evil yeah she's she was like yeah and she, then she did like an exhibition show where somebody set her on fire Jeez. <laughs> so they were like pouring gasoline gasoline on her and they were like about to light her up and then somebody that was there at the exhibition just like like a watch like the spectator or whatever like put a stop to it or something like that but oh. she like put him she put the guy up it was part of the show it was part of the exhibition and people were like they would come up to her and they would like throw shit at her, smear her with all kinds of stuff. And, and she was just, like, there, like a statue. I think her head was shaved or some shit like that. It was weird. It was really fucking weird. But, yeah, she's, a, she's a, like, a Satanist. Yeah, and I, I don't know too many people that identify as Satanists. I've met, like, <laughs> leftist girls that call themselves Wiccan, and I always wonder if they're really just Satanists and don't want to say it. Mm. As far as I know, well, at least Christians nowadays, anything that's, like, dealing with nature and stuff like that is considered paganism. So right. they always tie that back to the devil, which as far as like the literal stuff, you know, that's kind of whatever, you know, depending on how much stock you place, how much faith you place into the stories. Well, as doesn't that kind of go back to like the devil trying to manipulate us to give in to our desires and our earthly? Yeah, which, that's what I was going to say earlier about. I can kind of see why cultures like the Amish and the Mormons are once you're out, you can't come back in because... Once you've been you're exposed. tainted. Yeah, you're tainted. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's true. Like, there's a reason why the the tree of knowledge is what spun the whole thing into, into suffering. Because now you have all the stuff that you're aware of that, oh, I can be good. I can be bad, you know. <sighs> so I can do something that's untraditional or something that's uh, new and weird and maybe better, maybe worse. So mm. it, it loses that orientation that the old ideology provided there's there's a popular song out right now by Billie eilish it's called all the good girls go to hell and it's about the <laughs> that's where our culture <laughs> just got his head on backwards right now <laughs> whatever <laughs> <I've given up. laughs> yeah it's about fucking uh the devil so my lucifer is lonely look at you needing me you know i'm not your friend without some greenery walk in wearing fetters i don't know what that is peter should know better you come up your cover-up is caving in. Fetters are uh, chains. Walk in wearing fetters. Yeah, chains. Your cover-up is caving in. Man is such a fool. Why are we saving him? Poisoning themselves now, begging for our help. Wow. Hell's burn in California. My turn to ignore ya. Don't say I didn't warn ya. All the good girls go to hell, because even God herself has enemies. And once the water starts to rise, and heaven's out <laughs> God of sight... Herself. God herself feminist and heaven's out of sight she'll want the devil on her team 
that's another thing feminists like. Like, there's, I used to read about these books that didn't make it into the Bible. Mm-hmm. So that's that's why you know, and I you know, I guess you could kind of argue that I'm one of those people that the knowledge did kind of bring me out of Christianity, but that's it's not entirely true. I, I kind of <laughs> mine was tragedy, and at the end of the day, I think that's what kind of pops the bubble for a lot of people is that something happens that they just can't keep the worldview. But anyway, mm-hmm. going back to what I was saying, um, there's a another story that Eve wasn't Adam's first wife. Have you heard about that? Yeah. The story of uh, Lilith. Wasn't it Lilith? Yeah, uh, Lilith. So feminists like that idea a lot because it shows, like, rebellion and all that. And basically it was supposed to be <laughs> Adam's What was ex-wife. her deal? What was her flaw? Yeah. Uh, she was just toxic woman. You know, toxic mm. uh, femininity. <laughs> but she wasn't the one that had to meet the fucking apple. What's the deal? Yeah, well, Eve was a good girl, but she wasn't <laughs> off the bright. <laughs> She wasn't that bright. <laughs> <laughs> For like an asshole saying, but I swear that's kind of what you struggle with sometimes. It's like you find a girl who's really bright, but they're indoctrinated by all the leftist bullshit. And uh-huh. the other hand is you find a girl that's really sweet, but they, they're... They still lead you down the wrong path. They can lead, yeah. There's other dangers they can get in because they aren't as knowledgeable in certain ways. So. Oh, she was in the Jewish myth- mythology. Yeah. Lilith. Yep. Mm-hmm. So basically, she was Adam's uh, crazy ex-wife. She gets associated <laughs> with Satanism and rebellion and all that stuff that the the leftists like. They just like to be the opposite. So trying to see what her fucking deal was. Maybe there was an error in designing her, and her period was just too long. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> it just never turned off, just like a faucet really? down there. <laughs> yes. Oh, she fucked an angel. Yeah. Um, that she left a- Adam after she refused to become subservient to him and then would not return to the Garden of Eden after she had coupled with the archangel Samael. Yeah. So she was a hoe. <laughs> and she had no hoe's remorse. And then she she had- was a, what, 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 what is that term? Uh, 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 hypergamy. <laughs> <laughs> she was a hypergamist. Yeah, basically. So, okay. which, you know, so that's that's how a lot of feminists kind of view things, so. She was too good for Adam. Yeah, she was, a. Uh, she apparently took, like, a, the first DNA test and was 100% that bitch. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, that's another thing, too, that they, you know, Christianity's lore, it's interesting. You don't hear about it in church, though, which is it's mm-hmm. unusual. I'm going to make a Star well, Wars reference, not a story want... the Christians would tell you. <laughs> yeah, they only want you to see the highlight reel. Well, they, they keep the bad in there too, like Job. That's one. Of but only as like an example of what not to be like, and then they say, "Okay, be this way." Well, Job was a well, the story of Job. He was actually a good dude. He just the lesson was that hey, God can do what God wants. So that was a uh, kind of the point. He's like, I haven't broken any of the commandments. I've done all this. Like, why are you spiting me like this? And uh huh. The story was supposed to be that he was just trying to prove to the devil that Job was loyal. Like he, yeah, yeah, he was just kind of sticking it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which... <laughs> for no fucking reason, so just you, other than to compete. Looking at it from the the Buddhist perspective, you can see like how the divine, if that's how the gods think, they're very much still like us. <laughs> it's like, mm-hmm. look, look, I can I can do whatever, and <laughs> this yeah. guy still likes me. They still got egos. But, yeah, that was another thing, too. Like, Nephilim. Nephilim was supposed to be the product of angels sleeping with human women. 
Right, yeah. So they believe that the Nephilim were half angel, half human, and they were born with um, strength. They were really tall. Like some, uh, some religious people think that Goliath from the story of David and Goliath that he actually may have been a Nephilim because uh-huh. there's a story about how tall he was. They measured things differently than they said something like, uh, I don't know, like spans or something like that. I don't know if they said yards or whatever the translation was in the King James or International Bibles were. But Goliath was pretty huge. So <laughs> yeah, they were just like, man, this person has to be magic. But, you know, that's just how people thought back then because they didn't know anything about Growth hormones and all that that we know about. <laughs> growth hormones, nutrition, and pituitary glands and all that. So. <laughs> Some genetic di- abnormality. Mutant. And have you ever heard of the Realian cult? Uh-uh. So what is that? Basically, this is kind of like, and I, I don't really like to use the word cult because I feel like it's kind of overused and meaningless, but... This is a religion that believes that all of the Earth's religions were alien interference, basically. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of in the vein of ancient aliens and that way of thinking. Like, they believe that the angels that they described in the Old Testament and some of the books that weren't in the Bible, like there's one, I think the Book of Enoch, or Enoch, uh-huh. probably butchering the pronunciation, but... Those type of books and stuff like that where they described how the angels actually looked at different levels. They think that they were describing aliens. So, they go off the deep end when it too. So, just like That's, ancient aliens. Go on. Yeah, it seems super plausible. Like, from a caveman's perspective. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, aliens would have seemed like gods. I mean, the Aztecs, and, and they saw... The Spanish conquistadors as godlike. Yeah. So when they came along. Just playing with the theory. Their perspective. Yeah. Just playing with the th- theory, though. Like, I always wondered if, hypothetically, let's say that was the case, like, it would be rough to figure out which ones are the good ones and which ones are the bad ones. So, mm-hmm. people would just be getting caught up in different. Like, for the people that actually do believe that aliens have come and stuff, they write about different races of aliens and their traits and stuff. Most people, when they hear alien, they either think uh, somebody with a sombrero or somebody <laughs> <laughs> with green, with a gray skin and a big head. So, uh-huh. those are, like, the most common ones. They call those grays. I used to read about this stuff when I was in fourth grade. I thought it was super interesting. Now, it's you know, I think it's just interesting fiction. But mm. apparently they have different traits and stuff like that. So, I, I know Christians nowadays, some of them, they just believe that... They believe in the aliens, but they think that they're demons. They think that they are... Some say that they're demons, some say that they're Nephilims. So, all the religious stories and stuff like that. They, did you ever watch... Did you ever watch any of the... Uh, I think it was James Cameron, the alien flicks... From like the nineties, um, with the xenophobe, mm-hmm. or not the xenophobe, <laughs> <laughs> xenomorph, <laughs> xenomorph. I don't have ideas. Ideas have me. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen those. Oh man, you gotta watch those because uh, they they did uh, prequels. 
I want to say they were prequels, but they're newer. So good. Prometheus and uh, Alien Covenant. Those are the new ones. Prometheus. But they are prequels. Prometheus. Did that have the guy from Sons of Anarchy in it? I don't know. Um, I didn't watch that. Uh, I think Jesse Smollett was in one of them. Oh. Um, <laughs> I didn't know it was him until after this whole scandal. Oh, really? I, I still can't even put a face to the I went I back and Empire. I was like, that's him. Yeah. I heard didn't it. watch what? Empire. Oh, Empire. I, I heard about mm-hmm. him from the Dave Chappelle stand-up. He made a joke about uh, Juicy. Juicy. Smollier or something. Smollier, yeah. This is MAGA country. <laughs> we say that so much now. <laughs> that's that's great. <laughs> yeah, he was in uh, one of the newer. Those are good too. I think they referred to them to the um, the Prometheus in the Prometheus one as Nephilim. Probably a play on words for Nephilim. Yeah. 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 That. Yeah, they they do that a lot. Like, if you ever watch religious so- shows, because they were huge, they were giants. I just never, I'd never heard of that. Yeah, in the biblical stuff. Go ahead. Yeah, like a lot of like fiction and stuff uses stuff names and references to religious old texts that not people, not many people know much about, like old Christian mythology and stuff like that. Um, mm. In X Men. There's a character, the character that's supposed to be Nightcrawler's dad. He's actually named after a demon. So that's actually like a old demon. So mm. all these names are, they come from just angel names and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of inspiration. Yeah. But uh, didn't they make a Nightcrawler flick? Like on its own, like a standalone? I don't think so. They, they seem to. Rem- they made oh. a movie called Nightcrawler, but it wasn't about X Men. Oh yeah, yeah, no, that was uh, Jake what's his name Bubble Boy. <laughs> yeah, Bubble <laughs> Boy. I was associated yeah, with Jarhead and End of Watch. Those were two really good Jake Gyllenhaal movies. I'm probably messing mm. up how you say his last name. I'm not big on like war flicks. They just there's just so much going on. My brain tends to shut off. <laughs> it's That's, like my attention span is. <laughs> that happens to people in the movies too. Yeah, I just don't go. <laughs> uh, no, I just like my brain. My mind just wanders. It's like too much, too much static or something when you just too looking much at noise, it. just overwhelming. Yeah, I don't know if it's overwhelming, but it's just like my brain just doesn't want to pay attention or something. So I don't, I don't really watch them. Uh, like it's not traumatic. Noise. It's just like boring to me. <laughs> I don't know. It doesn't grab my attention. As weird as that sounds. Same thing when it's, like, too much action in a sequence, like the Terminator ones. Like, when they get really... When they start to climax. Yeah. It's like... I know what you mean. I have trouble with a lot of action movies, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I finally sat through Terminator because a friend had wanted me to watch it for so long. And I was like, eh, I get the gist of it. There's, like, some action yeah. scenes that are just blurs now because they weren't interesting to me. Yeah, they're blurs. I like, think I need to up- upgrade my RAM or something. <laughs> Like Fast, like Fast and the Furious, those movies just, they became spy movies now. They're, <laughs> they're not what they were when they first came out. Yeah. Huh. You brought no, up, uh, you brought up, what was that movie? Um, the video game Nightcrawler? No. One. Video game. Ready Player One. Ready Player One, yeah. So what about Ready Player One? 
Uh, that one actually had a lot of action to it, but it was like, I don't know. It, it builds up the story really well. And then, I mean, it, it's just well done to the point that it's not, wasn't overwhelming for me so I could watch it. Because <laughs> it was, it was more about, I think they're all doing like a race to find an Easter egg. The, the golden ticket or whatever the hell. Yeah, the, the Easter egg. Yeah. And then they, like the, the last, uh, uh, what do you call it? trial that they have to do is they have to play a video game and beat it and f- or find the easter egg that that's what it was so i don't know it's a big gamer movie and it's all it's all like virtual reality stuff so that really grabbed my attention and then all the like little details they put into it with the references and retro so it just really it kept my it kept me interested yeah it seems pretty Visually, it looked pretty cool. I remember Visually, that before I, fell, before I fell asleep on it. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I'll have to give it another shot. Yeah, at some point. And it, w- it was surprising to me because I I was like, oh, another, like, you know, kids, kids gaming movie. Because it's teenagers in it, for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of, I, I don't know, I watched it in my 30s. <laughs> Did you watch the new Jumanji? No, with The Rock. And Kevin Hart. I think I wanted to, but I was like, mm-hmm. see, they seem kind of hokey now to me, oh. guys. But I wasn't. I like the original. Uh, I like Kevin Hart. He's pretty funny. Yeah. I like uh, somehow he's managed to keep politics out of his <laughs> out of his comedy <laughs> completely, so props to him on that. But yeah, Kevin Hart, The Rock, that, that movie's actually pretty decent. It wasn't a bad movie. Like... Mm. Don't go in thinking about the old one. Did you watch the old one with Robin Williams? Oh yeah, I used to watch it like every day. <laughs> oh. We had it. We had it on VHS. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. It's, it's it's okay for what it is. It's not really tied to it, other than it's kind of the same premise, but mm. it has no real relation to it. Gotcha. I think they made it more modern. I think it's a video game now instead of a board game. Oh, okay. So. so they updated that because <laughs> nobody <laughs> plays board games anymore, really. Yeah, same thing. I was thinking about that when it came to Toy Story. Like, they made a Toy Story 4, and I'm surprised that it's even really a thing, because the kids deal with anything that's not a screen <laughs> nowadays. Yeah, we have it, and the kids like it, but I haven't paid much attention to it. They brought a new little character in that the little girl makes in kindergarten. Yeah, she makes them out of a out of a spork. It's uh <laughs> Some trash that she throws together, yeah. and he keeps wanting to be trash, but Woody won't let it. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, like traumatized just by his sudden consciousness. <laughs> he thinks he's trash, <laughs> trash, trash. Until he says farewell. Yeah, I got, I think maybe thirty minutes into it. I remember they were running through like a puppet store, and mm-hmm. they get separated. Woody gets, he loses the spork. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> but it's like they're trying to protect him because the little girl loves him because she made him and yeah and he's just getting into all kinds of shit I'm sure that the little girl would forget about the sport really easily <laughs> <laughs> yeah I can have a little tension there. I don't know Some sometimes they get really I don't know obsessive um, yeah they get really attached to the weirdest things hmm like blankets and certain stuffed animals. Kids are funny like that. Yeah. 
What other good movies have I seen lately? I don't know. I haven't really watched a whole lot of movies other than The Joker. And what's the last thing we watched in the theater before that? I watched a movie called Black and Blue. It was mm. it was a it was mediocre. Um, <laughs> it had Tyrese in it, the singer actor uh-huh. from Fast and the Furious and in the nineties. <laughs> was he singing his pony song? No, he has a pony song. <laughs> Does he still make music? I don't think so. I think he just acts now. Uh, but yeah, he was in Fast and the Furious. He was a singer before. Yeah. Yeah. Last time I heard yeah. about him, he was in the news about a divorce case. Like he was getting oh. slaughtered in divorce court. What? Yeah. I thought that was Usher. Seems like they all get divorced these days. <laughs> all the babies, babies, mamas. Yeah. They have to pay their first share. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> really? It's like you really need ten million dollars in alimony. Right. To raise your kid. <laughs> it's like, well, the kid's gonna need a a fancy car, isn't he? <laughs> It's going to need some Yeezys. <laughs> a couple of them in each color. Though I think the colors are very limited palette anyway. <laughs> so, so Black and Blue, was that like a movie? Like a police? Yeah, it was actually a police movie. That okay. movie was about this uh, black woman who comes back from overseas. I think she was in Afghanistan. But she's coming back from overseas, joins up with the military, tries to reconnect with some old friends, but... They don't like her because she's a cop now. And they just treat her like they don't recognize her. And she's torn in between being black or being blue. <laughs> so that's basically oh. the... Uh, that's kind of like the message in the movies. The tensions between blacks and the police. So right. Basically, mm. she gets to a point where she's pretty naive officer. Um, good cop or whatever. But black people are super distrustful of her. And then when she's... I think her first night out or second night out as a rookie, her partner goes into a warehouse and botches a drug deal. So the guy sees that she witnessed it when she wasn't supposed to. So she just, he just starts shooting at her and the drug dealer shoots at her because he realized that she had her body cam on and they would have all been in trouble because they were doing illegal activities with criminals and they were cops. Oh shit. They're chasing around the whole time trying to get this body cam footage. And so they turn on her just to save their their own asses? Pretty much. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, I was mediocre. <laughs> and I'm over here like, oh. <laughs> the gasp. <laughs> <laughs> so, you underplaying this shit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's okay for what it is. I, I'd give it a, I don't know, six out of ten. Mm, okay. So. Yeah, there's so many elements that go into a good movie. So hard to get right. I saw one movie that was free on YouTube recently. It was called Goodbye World. It's one of those movies that they... It suffers from just like the character doesn't have common sense. So there's a big plot. There's a big space that they can manipulate elements of the plot. Because the character just doesn't have common sense. So (laughs) it's... If I had to describe the movie, it's kind of like season two of The Walking Dead. But... Politics are sprinkled into it. Modern day Mm. politics. So these people are out in the rural areas. And the main character is a survivalist. But he doesn't, apparently he doesn't like guns. (laughs) So he has all this medicine, food, solar panels and stuff just prepared for 
whenever it happens. So cue the Ron Paul meme. <laughs> it's happening. But <laughs> they're ready for whatever it happens. He doesn't have any guns. So some soldiers come and say that, hey, we're, we need to occupy this place. And there's one chick there who's like, uh, you know, staunch constitutionalist. Constitutionalist. And it's like, no, we're, we don't have to quarter soldiers when it's not time of war. So basically the soldiers get aggressive. They go to another community and rob these people. And all this just happens because they don't have guns. So it was a, yeah. weird, it was a weird movie because the, the problem wouldn't have happened if the guy just stocked up some guns. But he gets all weirded out about guns apparently. So that's what made it really unrealistic because you don't get that far into that way of thinking without thinking, oh, yeah, I need a way to protect myself from people too. Well, isn't that like a byproduct of just living in a bubble? Like in a gated community, say? If if you get to the point where you're like, you know, the system could fall apart and I need to survive. I need medicine. I need food. I know I, I need to figure out energy. There's, It's not believable that someone would just say that, oh, yeah, people can be bad, too, and want to take these things from me. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's just not a consistent character model. So... <laughs> But they needed it to be that way so that the movie could have some type of action. It's really dry. It's free on YouTube. Uh, fairly mm-hmm. old movie. It's old? Uh, maybe a couple years. Several years old. It's not super huh. old, but several years old. Because remember, like, I remember you showing me back when, I think it was in, was it New Zealand? That they had the shooting and then the, the, they put out the manifesto and all this shit and- well, this, this is just a movie. This isn't. I know, but like all the recent stuff that's going on with the gun control thing, it's like amped up now. So I was, I was thinking it was more recent than that, just to kind of prove a point of what would happen if fucking we didn't See, have guns. I, I was thinking about that too until I saw the year on it. I'm like, this is actually a good movie for to know, review the second, yeah. for the Second Amendment. But mm-hmm. that's one of those movies where I can't. I'm sure that they did have some type of message they were trying to inject into it. Hmm. But it kind of came out kind of clumsy because you you don't get that far into that way of thinking without thinking first and foremost I need to find a way to protect myself. So just in case nine one one doesn't get here or the state wants to take all your money and your children or whatever, yeah. Um, so you if you don't want to have a way far. to guard it, yeah, the state will confiscate your shit. Yep, you can call it your fair share. <laughs> mm-hmm. And there's nothing you can do about it, kiddos. Yeah. Looks like we're coming up on the hour mark, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up this episode. So everybody that tuned in, we thank you. If you enjoyed it, please give us a like and a subscribe. And, leave and comment. Thoughts. Yep, leave your thoughts in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> and we will speak with you guys again in the next episode. Later. Later.